It's listener episode month here on the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll. I'm Ray Coop. I'm Marcus Goldman. And we have a guest from Canada today. And he's wearing I'm a happy toque. happy to have him. Yeah, yeah, and he's wearing his toque. Mark, how are you, man? Mark Sauber, checking <laughs> good, in from Alberta. Good. Where in uh, Alberta is Red Deer? It's central Alberta, right in between Calgary and Edmonton. There's about 120,000 people. We're the third largest city in Alberta. How far north of the American border are you? How many kilometers? About 400 clicks to where we are. All right, because we're planning a road trip. Oh, cool. (laughs) Hey, anytime you're in Red Deer, don't stop and see me. You dick. All right, then. (laughs) It is the imbalanced history of rock and roll brought to you by Crooked Eye Brewery in the heart of Hapro which is more than 400 clicks from Red Deer, uh, serving the cure for what ails you since 2014. And if we do come, we will bring the uh, crooked eye with us there, Mark. Indeed. Okay, you bring the crooked eye and you know what's legal here. So I'll oh, give you... I do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we know we're in good company here on this episode of the podcast. And uh, Mark, when we put out the call for listener episode ideas for this month, our first listener episode month, uh, you hit us with two ideas that go hand in hand. What is it that you want to do five favorites on today on the podcast? Uh, live shows, live albums for sure. Yeah. Uh, That sounds good. We love both of those things. Uh, We've been to a few shows ourselves, and I I guess that you have as well. Let's start with uh, the live bands first. And that's a very, even more than the albums, I think, uh, your favorite live bands becomes very subjective thing. So we'll do that here in the first half of this episode. And uh, we're going to count as we do up from five. But instead of breaking in the middle, we're going to do all five. We're living on the edge because we're broadcasting in Canada today. Good good one, eh? Uh, we have two categories today. So let's get into it with the live bands, our five favorites. And Mark, as our guest host, you get to kick off with your number five. Okay, this one, uh, uh, just a little history. It's probably about the third concert I ever saw. But going back to, oh, 1966, Jimi Hendrix Experience. Whoa! just trumped us right out of the gates by saying you saw Jim. <laughs> Way to show you know, up the host, Canada. And that's nice his job. number five. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's you know, I'm old, I'm old that I've seen all the good bands, so there you go. There's a t-shirt or something like that that we should we should make, too, aside from the mugs and the coasters that Mark seems does, to like so much. Does, there you uh, go. Yeah. James Marshall on his t-shirt. Well played, sir. Okay, you got to tell us. When and where did you see Jimmy? It was 66 or 67. The opening act was the Soft Machine. And I saw them, I think it was the, it was like a smaller venue in Chicago. Do you remember okay. that show? Do I remember it? Yeah. Dude, I was 17 years old, 1967. And Hendrix was, you know, all I expected more. I mean, it was, you know, Noel Redding, Mitch Mitchell, Jimmy Hendrix. Um, everything you expected from Hendrix, you know, smash the guitar, set it on fire. Probably musically, looking back, likely it sucked. 
But um, yeah, just the experience. Wow. Wow. All right, we're done. Flip over <laughs> all the cards, Wally Bruner, and Mark gets to win this episode. of the, I don't care what Vegas says. Oh, by the way, we checked. Vegas doesn't want us to take bets on any of these five favorite listener things. I don't know. I guess there's too many moving parts. Yeah. Too many people, they don't know their tendencies, so they can't set the line because they don't know you the way they know the two of us knuckleheads. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, you guys are not predictable. I'll say that. Oh, that's good to know. That's good to know. Uh, the always unpredictable, Marcus Goldman, what's your number five live band, my bro? My number five live band of all time was Ray Charles. Sometimes I get a little worried Well, but I want to tell y'all it's all right now Yeah Because I got a woman now Wait on town I don't know what else to say other than Ray Charles because Ray Charles was incredible. And it was like 1991, I think, 92, something like that. And Mm. it wasn't even that crowded at Fiddler's Green in Colorado, which I could not believe. And there were people in the crowd yelling, do the Diet Pepsi commercial. And they finally said, no, stop asking. And he was like, what? But boy, let me tell you, you, I watched and I kept looking around and watching everybody on stage and they were all incredible. That would be one of the great shows that I've seen, but I only saw Ray one time and that'll have to do it, I guess. Yep. How about you, Ray, since we're on you, you're number five. I did not get to see them back in the original Dark Side of the Moon days or any of those earlier shows. But Pink Floyd has, ever since I started seeing them in the 70s, and certainly when I saw them do The Wall in 1980, one of the greatest bands ever in live. They never disappoint. It was always great. Great choice. Great choice. Well, uh, best friend of Jimi Hendrix, Mark, round to you for your number four live <laughs> band of all time. Okay, my number four is... Um... It's, it's one of those things, like you say, you go to a live performance and just the whole feel where you're into the music. So this was one of the most fun. Couldn't couldn't sit down. You're just up rocking through the whole bloody show. Would have been George Thurgood and the Destroyers in Albuquerque, New Mexico. How sweet it is! It'll give me a reason to call Jeffrey this week and tell him he's overdue to be on the podcast. And I can't argue with the Delaware Destroyers, man. They are the loudest trio ever and one of the great bands that has kept the blues alive in our generation. An incredible show. In fact, just before COVID hit, we were supposed to go see them in Edmonton, but the show got canceled. So, unfortunate, but maybe soon. Marcus, your number four. My number four 
is a band I've been seeing since the 80s. Their debut album, Vivid, is mind-blowing. And it just, the live show seeing Corey Glover move around the stage in a body glove wetsuit and the band just tear it up. And then being able to see them five or six times after that, and then since 2000, see them again another five or six times. I just, every time they he's come it, to Mark, town. Mark, he's addicted to living color. I am. I'm Even so, though Corey's well, not always wearing the body glove anymore, he's no. still addicted oh, to living color. And so I, I don't blame him because they're oh, a great man, band. And they're so good. Great and band. Just the musicianship, every time you see him, you know you're in for a treat. And Corey Glover's voice is incredible. Your number four and my number four have a connection back in 1989 the first two nights of the steel wheels tour philadelphia at the vet living color opening for the one and only fantastic rolling stones my number four I've seen them a ton uh, that night, opening night, at the Steel Wheels tour, Mark. I'm standing there, and my security buddy, John, is is backing into the room, and he backs into me, and he goes, excuse me, excuse me. And, and I go, hey, man, what's going on? And he says, I've been looking for you. And at that moment, one by one, they all file into the room. It was like, what? Uh, but that was my uh, my experience there on the, the the night Living Color opened for the Stones in Philadelphia. But whenever I've seen them, whether I've covered the show for the radio station that I was working at or just going as a fan, always a fun time. And always, uh, you know what's going on when Keith is in the house. So it's good fun there. My number four on this episode of Five Favorites. It's Five Favorite Live Bands inspired by and including... Our listener pal from Red Deer, Alberta, Mark Sauber, is with us. And uh, what is your number three out of your five favorite live bands? Okay, this one, well, what can I say? The Beatles. Oh! Uh, okay, now we know why Jimmy wasn't higher on the I'm list. clicking out of here. <laughs> well, you know, and, and if you look back, and I don't even know how I remember this stuff, but... The opening act was The Circle. They had a song called Red Rubber Ball. Sure, I remember that. And Bobby Hebb, Sonny. So those were the opening acts. And The Beatles, I mean, it was, yeah, you know, 64, 65. Just my first concert ever, by the way. Uh, Chicago Amphitheater. Just loud. It was The Beatles. Could you hear them live? I have a friend whose mom saw them at their very first show in the U.S., and she said it was so loud you could barely hear the band playing. Well, I know I took my little sister, who still has the ticket stuff from that show, by the way. I think it was $9 or something. Wow. Serious. That was high um, for that, though. That was a lot of that money was, for that. That ticket. was a $300 oh, yeah. ticket. Nah, you know, honestly, if I had to think back, nah, I, I, I couldn't hear anything. It's kind of like you knew the song, 
So it, you probably imagined in your head what it was sounding like, um, but no, it just, nah, you couldn't hear a thing, just, just noise. Yeah, but to have experienced Beatlemania, man, that's pretty cool. That's gone, that's the, the kernel, that's the, the beginning of really what our generation experienced from you to me to Marcus. This is what where the cycle began, right there in 64, mm-hmm. 65 with the Beatles. <laughs> You're saying we're old. <laughs> I'm saying we're here and we're yeah, we are. and we're getting there. <laughs> yeah. A lot of that just came right back to you. So I know you've been thinking about it. That's cool. Marcus, what do you got for number three? Uh, I'm kind of, t- what are you going to do to top the Beatles, dude? Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to leave. I saw him once. It was an otherworldly experience. It was one of those concerts I had to see in my lifetime, and I did. And I'm talking about Stevie Wonder. His performance, even at an older age, a few years back when he did Songs in the Key of Life, was, it was. I felt like at times I was leaving my body. It was so incredible. That's the experience that we all look for and experience, hopefully, sometimes in our concert life. I know I have. That feeling of you're leaving your body because it's that good. It's Mm -hmm. awesome, Marcus. So... I guess I should do my number three. Yes, we need your number three, Ray. Dude, we're getting stoned and ethereal here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) My favorite story about going to see Tool is going with my son when he was still in high school. And his mother warning him on the way out the door, make sure you don't get that contact tie. And I was joking with him. I said, yeah, you could feel like all the eyes are on you. Of course, Tool's about 20 minutes in. There are people smoking weed all around us at the show. It's I could feel it wafting all around me, so I know he is. And then they go to the next graphic, and it's all eyes. The stage, just all the whole thing is eyes, all built around a giant eye and a Tool logo. And I just looked at him, and he just started laughing. And that's just one of those father-son moments. But I, I've seen them so many times, they never fail to deliver an amazing show back to the first time I saw him. Uh, I don't know what kind of uh, local bar scene you, you have or where you've spent your, your life, Mark, but we used to have a little bar in Philadelphia called J.C. Dobbs, and I saw Tool their first pass when they were getting ready to make Undertow playing at this little bar. There were 20 of us there. video of it somewhere on the internet you know i'm going to go get it right marcus and put that yep. <laughs> but uh that's how far back i go and it's just one of those bands that, that touches me deep inside anyway but when i see them live it's otherworldly for me have you ever seen Tool live mark no put them on your list i'm telling you it's it's totally ethereal it's ethereal. it's not too late right definitely put them on your list all righty 
Well, this is normally where we would split for the uh, mid-roll, the middle of the show, uh, Mark, but we've got a whole other part to do, a whole other list to do with you, so we're just going to keep going forward here, and I'm going to ask you to give us your number two five-favorite live band. Okay, Brother Ray, you and I, we hit one here on the Vegas line. My number two best live show freaking ever was Pink Floyd, Dark Side, 76, Montreal Olympic Stadium. And there's a little story there. Olympic Stadium, it was supposed to be a dome stadium. Well, the Quebec government ran out of money. They never finished construction. Right. So it's like the start of a dome, and there's a hole in the middle at the top. Well, leaving the show... All you could see was this big smoke coming out of the top of Olympic Stadium. I remember that way. It was like they almost finished it, but they left that open spot. But I believe when you say there was a smokestack of uh, fan remnants on your way, I believe believe Mm -hmm. you sincerely because that must have been some kind of night. That's all I'm going to say. You know, yeah, I mean, the show was awesome. In fact, I don't know if you're going to end up putting this all on the air, but my wife and I... We Why not? <laughs> okay, well, my wife and I, she's from Montreal. We met in 82. So we're just talking about music and everything. And she said, man, yeah, I was at this Pink Floyd concert at the Big O in 76, and everybody was still... I go, I was there too. So anyway, little little Mark and Donna history for you. Very cool. You know, it's the, uh, the connections, mm-hmm. those little connections. And we're in the home stretch for Marcus's number two. My number two is actually your number three, Ray. It's a band I've seen so many times that I couldn't leave them off my list and they've moved me every time and I'm talking about Tool. We've been we've been trying something a little different this tour. We've been looking at one of our songs from a different angle under a different light so we can hopefully kind of see it almost for the first time. We'd like to try that for you tonight, is that okay? We're gonna need your help, though. We need your help and your permission. So we need you to find a comfortable space that's not only comfortable, but vulnerable. I want you to shut your eyes and go there, and we'll meet you on the other side. And this is why Vegas ain't touching this whole deal with you know, oh, yeah. the three-way five favorites. This would be driving them like, crazy. How do you count that one, right? And there's no no question. They are just an amazing mm-hmm. band to see live. Number two for me is a band I started seeing in 78 a bunch of times here, there, and everywhere. Any chance I get to see the E Street Band. And that kid from Jersey oh. that plays with them, too. <laughs> and let me just say, ramp for ramp, pound for pound, they are the eighth wonder of the universe. Even without Clarence, they continue to be the greatest band play behind a man all these years through the decades and still doing it for whenever we get out of the pandemic and all the touring resumes. So the E Street Band with the boss, my number two. And we have come to the number one slots here on this episode of five favorite live bands. And we're going to save the hammer position, the last position for you, Mark. 
Uh, Marcus, you go with your number one. Still to this day, the best concert I've ever seen, U2 at Red Rocks. I don't think that's going to change before I take my last breath, so I'm going to say U2. I've seen them here. I've seen them there. I've seen them nearly everywhere. Metallica, amazing at my number one. They are an amazing band that always plays a great show, leaves the fans wanting more, and always plays all the songs somehow that you really want to hear. Uh, That's my number one, Metallica. And our guest host, Mark Sauber from Red Deer, Alberta. What is your number one live show? You've got the Beatles and Jimi Hendrix on there and Pink Floyd on the Dark Side Tour. So what could top that? Okay, this is this is tough, man. But the first time we saw this group, the little background, we live in Canada and we used to get, well, we get American TV. So there was always a commercial every year when this band was touring. I think they played Toronto a million years ago. Never do Canada. Anyway, we were living close enough to the border. We used to go to a lot of shows in Spokane, Washington. So these guys were coming. We saw the commercial on TV. We said, we got to go. The Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Woo! Love those guys. Most unbelievable show. The music itself, of course, the pyrotechnics. They're just the connection they had with the audience. Like, they play forever. I've seen bands that are like kind of, they're into it, they enjoy what they're doing. These guys, it was like one, like you're hanging out in your buddy's garage, if your buddy's garage held 30,000 people. (laughs) Um, But just hanging, you know, it, it was like the most incredible show. And we went four years in a row to see them. Now, unfortunately, COVID, they're not touring. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Trans-Siberian Orchestra for me. Chris and I are friends going back to his Sabotage days. And I'll just tell you that they want to be back as soon as they can be, they will be. And I've seen them many times myself. And a few years ago, uh, my honey and I went, uh, Marisa was astounded by the lasers. And I mean, we're kids from the 70s. Lasers kind of were our thing. And what they do with the rainbow lasers and the, the, the way they create them and use them is astounding. Aside from the fact that the music on top of that is top shelf, all the people involved in the production are, are over the top and great people. And they have a whole charitable angle they do in a lot when they yeah. play. And so I'm glad to see that be your number one. And I will pass along your best wishes to my friend Chris. On Thank this, you so much. Oh, you're welcome. On this episode of The Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll, a time to pause for a cause. Let's all get some adult refreshment working and come back and do the other part that Mark suggested on listener episode month, the five favorite live albums portion of the program today. Yeah. Coming up. Oh, Marcus is nodding his head. He's ready to go on The Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. Summertime and a great pint go together like water, yeast, and hops. (laughs) And what a better place to go to get the pint that you want than Crooked Eye Brewery right there at York and Montgomery in the heart of Hapro. With Pennsylvania's restrictions easing, there is live music and some other great events going on at Crooked Eye. So not only do you get that pint, but you get to have a good time with your friends as well. They are fully open, and I went in to see the Crooked Eye Band, the full Crooked Eye Band, back together for the first time in over a year. And what a great time when they're in on second Saturdays. And you can get great music at Killer Crooked Eye near you at Jamie's House of Music in Lansdowne now. Stop on by, see live music, 
and have a pint of your favorites from Crooked Eye at Jamie's House of Music. Right in the heart of Delco. And there's something else happening at the brewery, Marcus. They are now serving spirits. Pennsylvania Craft Spirits, now available along with your finest brews and all the other goodies they have at Crooked Eye and Hatboro. I just think it helps everybody to have what they want, and that's part of having a good time when you go in both at the Hatboro Brewery location and at Jamie's House of Music. So wine and cocktails there as well. It's all part of the fun at Crooked Eye. Check them out at crookedeyebrewery.com. The best way to keep up with what's going on at both locations is on Facebook, though. They do a great job keeping us informed of what's happening at Crooked Eye or Jamie's House of Music on Facebook. Four in the cure for what ails you since 2014. Check them out. Crooked Eye Brewery in the heart of Hapro. And in the heart of Delco. Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. It's the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll, and it's Listener Episode Month. Mark Salver on with us from Red Deer, Alberta today. And we've already covered our five favorite live bands. Uh, you mentioned during the break, Mark, that you have some honorable mentions. He knows how this five favorites things works, Marcus. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, and this kind of falls in with what happened today. Tina Turner, as you know, was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I saw Ike and Tina live at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. The opening act was Sha Na Na. Wow. Whoa. I got to tell you, back in the day, my buddies and I figured Tina Turner was likely the sexiest woman alive. Agreed. Um, but yeah. just to see the full on, the I cats, and yeah, just an unbelievable show. Nice. And we're off and running on our second half, and it's related to the first half of this episode, which you suggested, Mark, and that is our five favorite live albums. How do you whittle it down to five? I had a hard time. This was yeah, a nightmare. pretty crazy, but I think I got it. <laughs> Six months from now, it'll be different. I know my list will be a little different. 
mine will be different in 20 minutes, man. I'm, I'm all over the place here. <laughs> all right, I'll start this time around. Five favorite live albums. And like I said, it wasn't easy. For me, Little Feet's Waiting for Columbus is constant listening. It's my favorite of the albums that I listen to, and I listen to all their albums. And it's always fun, and it's also uh, something that, you know, it's like a, a spiritual thing. It just kind of lifts me up, listening to Waiting for Columbus. My number five live favorite album. Marcus, what you got? My number five is Oingo Boingo's Farewell Live from the Universal Amphitheater. That album is fantastic, and I've seen Oingo Boingo many times over the years. Always a fun show, and a live album I really, really enjoy listening to, especially when I'm in a quirky mood. They fit Coming the in from left field, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Oingo, Oingo. <laughs> Mark, what's your number five? Oops, I'm still laughing. Oingo, Boingo is just so much fun to say. It is. Um, <laughs> my number five is a uh, double album Woodstock, the original Woodstock. Yeah. That's an incredible live album, indeed. And uh, Ray, what is your, since we are moving up or moving down, or are we moving up? We're your- counting down, I think. Ah, my number four? You yes. want to know what my number four is? Yes, we want to know what your number four is. Well, just ask. I'll tell you. All right. What's your <laughs> number four? <laughs> it's the Dave Matthews Band live in Chicago. It is, despite the fact that there are other better live recordings, the official release uh, best live album from Dave and the band. Always a favorite in concert, and their performances on that album always get me. DMB, live in Chicago. What's your number four, buddy? My number four is one that I've discovered in the last couple of decades. It is jazzy. It is Nina Simone, live at Town Hall. You can have him, he's not worth fighting for. Besides, there's plenty more where he came from. I don't want him, you can have him, I'm giving him the sack. It's just a beautiful album, and I'm a fan of her music and her style and her uh, active voice, and I really, really like this album a lot. Now, normally, I'd have to explain to people, a guest or whatnot, like Mark, what it's all about with you and Nina when it comes to her unblocking your writing and all that stuff, but Mark listens to the podcast, so he probably already knows this. (laughs) Mark Sauber, what's your number four? I don't even know why. Just something about the vibe of the whole thing, and it gets me going. Uh, Live at Budokan, cheap trick.
Yeah, man. I almost made that one of mine, too, because mm-hmm. it is just so iconic as an album. But that's a great choice at number four. I didn't want to breeze by your number five on Woodstock. Uh, we didn't really talk much about that. That album has stood the test of time. And now that the uh, expanded box set of all of all the music is out, it's kind of cool to explore that, too. But uh, one of those overlooked albums in the time, and I used to listen to it all the time, and it could easily have been at least on my honorable mention. So I wanted to jump back to that. And your number four, Cheap Trick, those Rock and Roll Hall of Famers from Rockville, Illinois. So cool. Again, one of these just before COVID, Cheap Trick in Lethbridge, Alberta was going to be opening for ZZ Top. Wow. And I've seen I've seen ZZ Top, of course, but um, it just would have been a fun show. But stuff happens, and we deal with it. Yes, and we do. Uh, one of the things that's been good to see that people are listening to using music as a way to get through the pandemic. And what we're doing here with this silly podcast is kind of like combining music, love, and discussion in a game show. It is Imbalance History's five favorites, and we're doing five favorite live albums with our guest host this week, Mark Sauber, our Canadian brother who connects with us regularly across the border. The the email comes across without any uh, virus filters, I notice. It's good. I'll give my number three live album, my favorite live albums, Under a Blood Red Sky from U2. Uh, tough to top the performances they gave. They made songs into YouTube classics on that album. My number three, Marcus. Holy shit. <laughs> that is my match. number three. <laughs> I was sitting, I wonder if my lip is bleeding from biting it seriously. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You know, we are that simpatico sometimes, Mark, you know? Indeed. He's he's, he's being quiet there. He's thinking. <laughs> no, the, 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 I think idiots. that's just pretty cool. <laughs> wow. It, it happens once in a while, but not on the same number, though. Not no. On no. Well, sir, what do you got for number three of your favorite live albums? Okay, this just brings back so many memories. Cream Life at Royal Albert Hall. Jack Bruce, Ginger Baker, the incredible Eric Clapton. Just awesome stuff. Oh, man, I feel so bad right now because I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you talk about this amazing live cream album and having full appreciation for that. And I realize I screwed the pooch on my uh, my favorite live concerts. Maybe it's because I did favorite live concerts. Luckily, uh, I did get to see cream once in the 2000s when they did those reunion shows. And I I feel like I left something out there on my five uh, favorite live bands there, but it was only once. Yeah, still an amazing experience. Cream at the Royal Albert Hall. What a great show, and they captured it really well. That means we have to find out what your number two is. You're really into this this time out, aren't you? Oh, yeah. I love doing these lists. (laughs) My number two is two. It's Skull and Roses, and you're up 72 from the one and only Grateful Dead. And I know you're thinking, man, this guy, that's five discs of vinyl. That's ten sides of Grateful Dead music to make him number two. 
And it is. And I'm sticking with it. Deal with it. <laughs> Skull and Roses, Europe 72, best two live albums, back to back, you know, as far as live albums go, maybe ever. It's fair to put those two back to back. It's the Grateful Dead, and it's all part of one moment. So, yeah, no, it's totally valid, and it works. <laughs> and you, Marquez, what do you got for your number two? My number two is one that I got to experience as a young child and one of the first musicians I ever got to hear live on the radio, and that was uh, Peter Frampton and Frampton Comes Alive. Hearing that one as a kid and hearing how great it sounded live, and it really, really upped the ante as far as me wanting to go see live shows. Big time. And Mark, what's your number two favorite live album? Uh, you want to just replay uh, Marcus's number two? Ah. But I got Frampton Comes Alive, dude. Wow. Um, All kinds of connections going on here on this episode. Oh, totally. Man, yeah, my international brother. I was a big Humble Pie fan before. Um, and real quickly, we got to see... Uh, Peter Frampton with Steve Miller about four years ago at Kelowna, British Columbia. And um, Steve and Peter just got up and did a, a blues jam that like, still is one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Nice. Well, Ray, we are now down to our number one. So do you want to lay that numero uno on us? I think it's only fair that Mark gets to go last since it was his episode idea. And I will give you my number one all-time live album, The Almond Brothers at the Fillmore. Go ahead, top that. My number one was actually mentioned already by Mark Sauber in Canada. It is an album that, again, like Frampton Comes Alive, hit me hard as a young kid and blew me away. And it was the first CD I ever bought, and that is Cheap Tricks, Live at Budokan, my number one. It did for them what Under a Blood Red Sky did for you, too. It cemented momentum and took them to a whole nother level. And that's why we love them. Cheap Trick. And here we are in the middle of Listener Episode Month, just hanging out, just doing the podcast, with old Mark Sauber checking in from Red Deer, Alberta. And this is his number one live album favorite, What You Got? Okay, this one, I just I had it on vinyl. I think I had it on 8-track, had the cassette, the uh, CD, Jay Giles Band, Live Full House. Whamma jamma, let me hear you, digga. Oh, great choice. I've never heard that album, so I'm going to have to check it out. Dude, when they were at a party in the 70s, Nine times out of ten, somebody had a copy of Full House, and 100% of the time it was in the room, it was getting played during that party. You can guarantee him. Are we, am I right, Mark, or am I right? Oh, dude, without a doubt. Another one of those, like George Thurgood, you can't sit down. Nope. But just the um, the harp, I think, yeah, Peter Wolf was the lead singer at the time. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah just, we still listen to it. Yeah, love yeah. it. 
Magic Dick just had a birthday. Yeah. Still with that wailing harmonica. Yeah. Oh, Rama Jamma, let me hear you, Dickie. I want to talk to you. <laughs> oh, man, good times. Good times. And seeing the Jay Giles band in my youth a couple times was one of those great party experiences that you, you had to see and experience if you were going to shows in the 70s. Uh, that's a little bit before when you started going, Marcus. But Mark and I, we saw a few shows in the 70s probably, right? Oh, yeah, for sure, brother. <laughs> now, have you ever been at a recording of a live album, not knowing it, and then find out you were on that album or at that show? No, not that not that I can recall anyway. Only happened to me oh, once. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah. Once. You know, I'm sorry. I, it did. I don't know if you guys remember this. There was there was a, a train tour in Canada called the Festival Express. Yeah, uh, I heard about Joplin, that. the Dead, yes. Buddy Guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was at the show in Winnipeg, actually. Wow, wow. that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. We yeah. had a um, place in Philly. It's not open anymore, even even before the pandemic, called the Troc. And MTV did one of their unplugged shows there turned into the uh, five-man acoustical jam album for Tesla. We knew they were recording. We knew that MTV was there. We didn't know it was going to be a live album. So um, I'm, I'm there in the audience, only a 1,000 or so people. That's pretty cool. I like yours better. Yeah, it was, um, you know, again, the, the, the timing, the bands. The only unfortunate thing is Buddy Guy didn't play any lot. Yeah, you know, he just like did maybe three or four songs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, again, the experience. Wow. Well, Mark, we can't thank you enough for your time today. It's taken some time to record two big categories in our five favorites episode. And we thank you for your time and your input for being part of a listener episode, Mark. Keep up the good work, guys. You know, uh, love it. Thank you. All right, you and Donna have a great day, and we'll be in touch soon. Thanks for yes. staying in touch, uh, however you do, folks. This is what it can lead to yeah. if you start emailing us or uh, checking in on social media, uh, both this episode and another one of our episodes with Jefe Tenejo uh, for Listener Episode Month. Uh, this is like the culmination of uh, conversations that go on. So you never know. You could end up on the podcast just like Mark. Stay safe, brothers. Hey, you too. Thanks again, Mark. Really enjoyed chatting with you about music. Thanks for the Good fun, uh, man. Good fun. So that's going to do it. Let's wrap things up from the Dark Doc Studios. And uh, thanks to Zoom for hooking us up for our guest host today, Mark Sauber from Red Deer, Alberta. Uh, I'm going to get out of the way and sign off. I'm Ray Coob. I'm Marcus Goldman. And this is the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.